0: Produced with podcasting gear from
1: Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking.
0: Microphones and headphones provided by Cad Audio.
1: Cad Audio: Expression through innovation.
2: Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground
0: underwater suborbital volcano lair, Sergeant, we need a response
2: team. We're already putting together the best moves. With all due respect, sir, so am I. <laughs>
0: it's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks! That's what we call ourselves.
2: Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're. We're a time. Bomb.
0: Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel. With Mike, Kylan,
2: and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am crew. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push it can be exactly what you need shoot up. I'm bringing the party to you.
0: I have indeed been uploaded gentlemen, online and ready.
2: And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the intrepid trio Eric Kylan and myself Mike. how you guys doing? Good.
0: All right. How about yourself?
2: Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) For those who I've probably hit it fairly well, it's been a crazy two weeks here between my mom coming into town and Zoe's dance recital and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, I'll just leave it at that. But things have changed. Uh, Mom went home today as we record. Things are so much better. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I i can relate uh, i can relate so yeah um but how are you guys doing
0: i'm good i was doing good until i just saw the news that dr john passed away
2: yeah,
1: yeah. you know and that that's sort of like number two in that whole realm because um Redbone died last week. No, yeah, yeah, Redbone died last week, and then so I kind of put Redbone and Doctor John sort of in the same realm. Yes, you know, yes. So that means I almost feel and I, I. I kind of follow that whole rule of three. Oh, so yeah. I'm just waiting for another
2: blues man to go. Oh, man. I just, well, I'm just looking for another celebrity in general to go.
0: Well, if you want to count the real life uh, inspiration for uh, Princess Tiana yeah, from Princess and the Frog. Well, I can't remember the lady's name, but she was like, well, she fits into the whole New Orleans thing, too.
2: Yeah. Tr- oh there you go man and I, That's and I believe and I believe, and I believe she had a blues blues restaurant
0: I think she did I mean like I said she was the the real life inspiration right and she was like up in her 90s I think it was I yeah. wish I could remember her name I uh, wish I could remember her name but uh wow. yeah I mean there's 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 your rule of
2: three right there yep there
1: you go yep. I'm not gonna argue with it
2: the Crescent City three. The the blues are singing the blues hard yes. this week. Oh,
0: yeah. So, so. our thoughts and, and our prayers go out to uh, the families of all three of them.
2: Well, mm-hmm. and since we're recording on a very, I would say this is an infamous day as well. Well, I it's want, not
0: December 7th. It's not quite infamous.
2: Momentous, definitely. Momentous. Yeah. Uh, I definitely say thank you to those survivors. And I know they hear us, but thank you to those who gave their lives on D-Day, which happened 75 years ago as we're recording today.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, One of the. Mike, go ahead. One of the biggest and greatest military strategic strikes ever when it comes to liberating a country and trying to bring it into a war.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's one of the biggest military operations ever. Yeah. And yeah, my great-grandmother had five children in the armed forces at that time. Ooh. Wow. So I don't think any of them were there for D-Day. Right. So,
2: yeah. Yeah. So, um, so let's hit some quick business news, which is kind of upbeat. Check out the website, MightyMarvelGeeks.net. Uh, check out our affiliates, uh, check out our partners found me and um, heroes and villains, which with those two sites, if you use the code field agents, all one word, 15% off your first purchase um, with your, with the affiliates, helping them helps us no additional cost to you and check out our web store. We were just talking about before show um, about because of an order, how we're making some tweaks to potentially a couple different hats and plans. Mm-hmm. If other direction doesn't work uh what we're going to do for that um and we started oogling and oogling and eyeing and oogling hats going oh we were one. doing some yes um, yeah. our gray hats with the with the different color underbill some great looking hats
1: yeah yeah
2: so and with the tweak that we're going to do to mighty marvel geeks and potentially well no we said if mighty marvel Weeby geeks definitely a change happening to all hats. Mighty Marvel geeks maybe, but even so, we could keep it as the actual word font on the gray. It's going to look great. If not, we're going to change colors up some for different uh, to uh, on the hats to a what yellow font with black drop shadow. So what we all said the we're going to hats yes on, on the knit hats, the hats. And, we'll, and we'll and maybe do the same on the on the ball caps as well. If we have to put well, a war mark only.
0: We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll cross bridge that when bridge we'll when
2: there. we get there. So, um,
0: we'll pull our McAllister like when we need to. Yeah.
2: So uh, let's go ahead and start off with some news. Um Marvel's laying the groundwork for the next big cosmic spectacle. So this week, Guardians of the Galaxy annual number one, which was our pick, which was actually my pick last week, for uh-huh. Picks of the Week, hit the shelves, and not even halfway through the first story, it already sta- started laying the groundwork for the next big thing coming from the House of Ideas. Uh, so, sorry. I have to say it. Well, I'm not going to say it. Colson's going to say it. Oh. Spoiler alert. Um, yeah, if you haven't gotten it yet. Now, mm-hmm. in, in a particular poignant story, uh, it's called A Long Time in Politics by Al Ewing, uh, Yildari, Sinar, and Rain Burrito. Uh, it's featuring Nova and Quasar, and the former explains how the, slowly, how the universe is slowly devolving into chaos. And in addition to the Cree Civil War, which was touched on on the pages of Death of the Inhumans mini, uh, Richard Rider reminds his cosmic buddy that Scrolls and uh, the Shi'ar and the Centauri and other factions are likely going to end up going to war sooner or later. Uh, by the end of the issue, Quasar, Darkhawk, and a whole, hus- whole host of cosmic characters have been captured by the Universal Church of Truth. That's no lie. I'm just going to say that right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: um and they've been working with a mind-controlled Cosmo.
0: Okay. Oh, now, okay. I, no, that's where I draw the line. You don't mind-control Cosmo. No. 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 Um that's that's just that there's the line. They just they didn't just step over the line. They, they drove over that line at speeds yep. so that would make state trooper drool. Yep. Exactly.
2: Now, uh it seems as if another cosmic event could be coming up within the year as Cosmic events in the past. The seeds for the story have been planted incredibly early on, uh, and this is with conflicts building up over several t- titles, uh, such as like Annihilation, War Kings, or even the latest Infinity Wars run. Um, so now, this may not be leading into a massive event like the three previous titles mentioned, but it could end up being. Setting up a very big story arc in the Guardians of the Galaxy. And, of course, there's a teaser of that mentioned at the end of the issue as it will continue in Guardians of the Galaxy number 7 due out later this year. And it says, in the aftermath... I didn't even where am I getting... Oh, never mind. I know what that is.
0: Thirsty's messing with you. Yeah,
2: she is. Uh, according to the, the uh, solicit for Guardians of the Galaxy 7, the death of Rocket begins here in Faithless Part 1 in the aftermath of the final gauntlet. Final gauntlet is in all caps. The Guardians are taking some well-deserved R&R, uh, but their vacation is about to be cut short when a familiar but radical, radically powerful enemy returns. And what does this all have to do with the rare whereabouts of a certain raccoon?
0: Okay, I'm. T- this has all the makings of galactic civil war. I mean, this is this is almost like World War One. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you have one one event that lights the powder keg. Yeah. Everybody charges in, but the problem with World War One, all of their battle plans were rapid deployment. There was right. no there were, there were no accommodations for pulling them back. Right. No. So I, th- I think you may- we may be seeing something similar to that. Mm-hmm. But on top of all that, we have Dark Hawk, we have Quasar, and we have Grumpy Old Man Richard Ryder. Yep. This is going to be fantastic. At least <laughs> because I Nova is one the, the older wisecracking cracking Nova The more recent Nova Mm -hmm. The Richard Ryder Nova You know, from New Warriors on Richard Ryder He's been one of my favorites Quasar, I collected him You know, he started He had his own solo title I was collecting that one for a long time and uh, something that I did not know until kind of recently his middle name, Elvis. <laughs> really? His full name is Wendell Elvis Vaughn.
2: I, that's, that's because there's a whole lot of shaking going on.
0: Oh, thank you very much. <laughs>
2: or am I been because he likes peanut butter and banana sandwiches? That's uh, because he's
0: taking care of business, you know. <laughs> TCB! <laughs> <laughs> and i collected dark hawk for a while too so it's i did yeah. too i did i did too i did too i mean if you if you look behind me of course you're listening to the podcast or the show of sorcerer radio you can't see this
2: <laughs>
0: there is a dark hawk on my wall right underneath vance astro so there you go yeah yep, mm-hmm. yep. So and I'm pointing because you can totally see me pointing on a podcast. Oh yeah, yes. Don't you see it? Um, no, no, no. That that's the cockroach you're you're looking
2: at. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Could be that too. So yeah, um, so yeah, I I don't know how I feel about this. I, it, it's going to happen. Uh, if it's called the final gauntlet, great. If it's called something else, awesome. I think it'll be interesting to see what comes of it.
0: Okay, the death of Rocket, I mean, that's almost clickbait to me. Yeah. Which, of course, we've had, you know, the death of Spider-Man, the death of the Hulk, the because you know, I remember that. He has 24 hours to find out who killed him, you know, that sort of thing.
2: Death and of Captain always, America. Yes, twice.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, and you and it's like death is kind of a temporary thing, unless you are Uncle Ben or Doug Ramsey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You
2: can't even say Bucky anymore
0: because you know hashtag Winter Soldier. Yeah.
2: That's true. Yeah. Um. Now, cosmic event. Maybe on the other side. Th- there's been rumors. And normally we don't discuss rumors, but this one, because of how viral, I guess would be the right way to say it. Um, the Fantastic Four is coming to the MCU with director Peyton Reed from Ant Man at the helm. Mm. Okay.
0: Yes. And that it is supposedly to start you know, to, to be released in 2022. Correct. I, I'm going to be honest. <sighs> The, these rumors have been running rampant ever since the the whole really ever since uh, Josh Trank's fantastic, as we call it, the fantastic flop. Ever since that came out, right? I mean, it's like everybody and their brother has been saying, "Oh well, you know, MCU's going to do it. MCU's going to do it. MCU's going to do it right." And and uh, when this when the whole uh, when the when the Fox buyout goes through, you we're going to see it. We're going to see it, I, folks. It, for my money, until it shows up on an official movie schedule, or Marvel says something, or Disney says something officially, it's, it
2: ain't happening. It ain't
1: happening. I, I well, I'm waiting. To, this go ahead. I'm just saying that I, I'm waiting until, I, and maybe this is just wishful thinking on my part, but I'm waiting until we get to Far From Home, and I think we once we find out who's bought uh, Avengers Tower, yeah, because I, I I got I I have my. I
2: have my theories. Okay. Completely well, unfounded no,
1: would, by my theories. That would be perfect
2: though. This one particular article I found that was the first one I saw when I pulled it to the show notes. It's from Mashable India. Hmm. And, uh, the one line, I, there's a paragraph that this gentleman wrote says, while most think of, Think that the Tim Story directed movie from 2005, starring Chris Evans, Jessica Alba, Ione Grufford, and Michael Chiklis was the first outing of the Fantastic Four. Real Marvel fans know that it was actually the unreleased, and this is where he needs to make a correction the mm-hmm. unreleased 1984, mm-hmm. it was 1994 film by Ole Sasson. Mm-hmm. Yay! to the fact that he mentions Oli. Yeah. And Oli and that crew was great having on the show. Um, that that was a big show for us too. Number wise, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, maybe not. Number of people in the same Skype stream. Yes.
2: That was
0: that was just a fun
2: show in general. Um, Yes. Now, then then they showed up with Rise of the Silver Surfer and then uh, supposedly showed up with another film by Josh Trank. But uh, we won't go there.
0: Should we just call him Josh Tank now? Yeah.
2: That's where that film went. That, yeah. Um, so, according to geeks worldwide, the superhero fam is going to appear in the MCU, said to be part of a 2022 reboot. Um, first reason why this is plausible is because of the whole merger. And again, they say Marvel Studios 20th Century Fox merger. Uh, hello, that was Disney Fox. Marvel's just part of the umbrella. Yeah. Um but second, Peyton Reed has been interested in making a Fantastic Four movie for a long time. Uh, according to his, according to Collender, his approach would have been something like this. I would have developed it for a year and we hit and we went through some different permeations and some different writers. But yes, one of the big ideas was it was set in the in the 60s thing and at the time was strictly going to be basically like a hard day's night where we're not even going to deal with your origin story. Uh, It was just going to be like, you're in downtown Manhattan, and they're there. It was a pretty exciting idea. All those years ago, Kevin was at Marvel at the time. He was a junior executive under Avi Arad. So Kevin knows my love and passion for the Fantastic Four.
0: Okay, I'm going to sidebar for just a second. Sure. Mm -hmm. I want you to look underneath that paragraph. Where it says "see also," yeah. and for those of you who can't see this, this is this is apparently it's another rumor, and, it, and it's no more plausible than this right here. Mm-hmm. Star Lord might be Captain Marvel's intergalactic ex, and we can't wait for them to meet again. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Ooh.
0: They are report. They're reporting on a Reddit thread <laughs> that that when in the first Guardians of the Galaxy and and Peter is recounting down the number of times a girl tried to kill him, he he mentions a Cree girl.
2: Mm-hmm. That would be her, quite um, possibly.
0: And, and they're also saying that uh, there were a few troll dolls lying around in um, in uh, Marvel's lab. Troll dolls. Where else have we seen a troll doll in an MCU movie? Quill put one in the orb that he gave to Yondu. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I, I'm, so you never know. You never know. You never know. I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. I'm just thinking that is probably one of the cooler theories I will hear today.
2: Yeah. Now, some, to go on these rumors. Um, someone goes uh, a tweet. Time for my rather unorthodox hashtag Fantastic Four Fancast. Kristen Bell and jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Sue and Reed Richards. You know what? I'm going to say no. Uh, Decree Montgomery as Johnny Storm. I can kind of see that. Ron Perlman as Ben Grimm. They go. No, no, no. <laughs> no?
1: I, I, I don't like Ron. Per- I, I, OK, see, here's the thing. If, if we're going with if they're going with if they go with uh Joseph Gordon Levitt as Reed, you need someone that's going to be his contemporary and 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 and, and i i don't, i i i don't know maybe maybe it's because i'm kind of stuck on this idea of either uh David Harbour or um Oh gosh, what's the other guy's name? The one we were talking about, uh Terry Cruz. Yeah. See, I'm I'm kinda stuck on that. So I just kinda I struggle with the idea of anybody else because I'm loving those two ideas right now. You know, I,
0: I- before you even said Terry Crews that's exactly where my brain was going yeah because i think that was that was the one fan casting that you and i we just yeah. we
2: just latched on yeah well i have a i have another fan casting for Ben Grimm potentially okay kelsey grammer
0: no too old not not necessarily too old i i just can't, no because he's not gruff he- enough Ben, Grim, well, he could be gruff.
1: You think so? Ben
0: Grimm is not as intellectual as just about every single character Kelsey Grammer plays. True. Now, you want to bring Kelsey Grammer into the MCU? Bring him back as Beast? Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I mean, I mean, seriously, we we talk about how how uh, um, how Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen were great uh, casting choices, and and Hugh Jackman as well but outside of those three my favorite is kelsey grammar
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah well here's here's someone with their fan casting that listen to us uh reed richards john krasinski i like it sue storm emily blunt okay, right. okay. yeah why not
1: i'll go with that
2: johnny storm taryn egerton okay
1: okay all right
2: ben Grimm. Harry Cruz. My man.
1: There you go. You know what? Okay, that is a Fantastic Four movie. I will go see. And you know, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is getting canceled. Yeah. His
0: schedule is getting freed up.
2: Well, he is on America's Got Talent as uh, Tyra Banks' replacement. Yeah. Well, so... <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, look, as I've said before, until an official statement, I've just heard too many rumors about Fantastic Four coming out. I mean, it's almost like we go back to a Disney. It's like hearing, oh, there's a rumor that Brazil is getting its own pavilion at Epcot's World Showcase. It's like I have been hearing that rumor literally for 20 years. Mm -hmm. No comment. (laughs) I got to see something official.
2: Yeah, it's nope. kind of like
0: the boy cried wolf. I gotta see some wolf hair. No comment. You think you think it's gonna happen? No comment. I'm table <laughs> this. I, I, I officially call for
2: table this discussion until oh. we stop recording. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
2: well, we could table this too. Marvel's Runaways as Elizabeth Hurley as Morgan Lefay.
1: I love it. I like that idea.
2: Um, Apparently she will be bringing some dark magic to the runaway or to Marvel's runaways on Hulu in season three. Uh, the Royals actress has been taking, will be taking on the role of a character that dates back to 1955, back when Marvel comics was known as Atlas comics. Uh, the character made her debut in the black Knight issue one. Um, that 1955 issue was written by Stanley who imported Lafayette's name and persona from the classic Arthur indian legends that mesmerized him as a child black knight issue number one was illustrated by joe Manley who is credited for the character's co-creator along with lee so um the casting news was first reported by variety lafay the lafay role reunites hurley with josh schwartz and stephanie savage uh the showrunners who worked with the british star on their series gossip girl Cool. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, oh, by the way, fun bit of trivia. Cindy Morgan,
0: the actress, uh-huh. that's who she named herself after. Interesting. The, the Morgan is Morgan Lefay. I said I got that straight from her, so that's
2: verified. One Now, uh, Hurley isn't new to the supernatural. Next year is the 20th anniversary of Bedazzled. Harold Ramis directed movie that had oh, her that had her cast against Brendan Fraser. there there's no I in team but there is an evil yep uh where she played the very seductive devil uh and then there was also the Austin Power movies where she um that had great success and part of Queen Helena on the royals Nice. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm i excited about this. So bringing, bringing her in, um, not necessarily into the big screen MCU, but into the multiverse MCU. So. Okie dokie. Now, okie dokie is right. How about Jessica Jones season three trailer confirmed a couple things? Oh, heck yeah. Oh, yeah, I did. Uh, Hellcat, finally, and Full Killer. Is the primary villain. You know, Full Killer is kind of an underrated.
0: He's he's what he's what I call a deep cut character.
1: He really is. And there's
0: been there have been at least two incarnations. I know. of.
2: Mm -hmm. Right. Well, let's talk about Full Killer first. Uh, Previous promos were mostly mom on who exactly be terrorizing Jessica in her final outing on Netflix, Um, but the latest trailer confirms it's full killer, a street-level Marvel villain with the knack of eliminating the Mm -hmm. self-righteous. So, what's in store? We also get to see what's in store with Jessica's relationship with former bestie Trish Walker. Uh, Last we saw, she was already on her way to becoming a vigilante, and this trailer strongly indicates that she lives out her dream protecting the streets of New York. So... Uh, just a little bit more about that. Um, you can see around the 116 mark, Trish has infiltrated a building dressed in black pants, black zip-up hoodie, and a black hat and scarf around her mouth. She gone ninja.
0: Yeah, this isn't quite as, uh,
2: as hellcat-ish as, as we would think. Right. Nah. Um, so, but her tent, you know, we, we've seen her gradually morph throughout the first two seasons and her and not her transformation will take the big step even donning a costume though it isn't the one from the comics yet Mm -hmm. um it's very reminiscent of daredevil's first costume and is a far cry from her yellow and blue costume the fans will know from the comics um but as we know as we saw in daredevil that doesn't mean she'll eventually Get a full costume later in the season, though we doubt it'll be as bright and colorful as one in the books. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Daredevil's was by far the most colorful, and was still using more muted a more muted palette of red. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: By the way, I was mistaken.
2: Uh, there have actually been four Fool Killers in the comics. Okay. okay. Um, now, according to Melissa Rosenberg. Um, She says, well, season three is an active evolution out of one and two. I really look at, at three as a complete arc and story. So season three is very much the next step for Jessica. If season one and season two were about her digging into her past and facing her demons and looking inward and backward the seasons are now about her moving forward and finding her place in the world finding mm-hmm. her contribution to the world and if she even has one we left last season we we left season 2 off with her mother seeing in her that she has the potential of a hero and saying a hero is someone who gives gives a crap and does something about it. Season three is about Jessica doing something about it and trying to live into, live into her mother's quote for her. Mm -hmm. So while I was a little disappointed in season two, I am hoping for major things with season three.
1: Um, go out with a bang. Yeah. I mean, you know, if this is it, you know, go for it. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see what, uh, what they do with uh with hellcat yeah i agree
2: i agree um i'm gonna swerve briefly from our initial game plan uh kylan why don't you go ahead and recap for us uh cloak and dagger and and shield sure
1: okay so um so last week we got the season finale for Cloak and Dagger the season 2 season finale uh, season 2 finale rather uh for Cloak and Dagger and we got episode 4 for Agents of Shield. So I'm just going to jump into Cloak and Dagger first. Um so this was episode 10 uh and uh so we finally get uh everything <coughs> coming to a head uh the majority of this episode uh takes place in the in in the uh the other world the psychic realm um and we get we we get a treat because we actually get as comic accurate as they can get uh Cloak and Dagger um so you know we we see Andre uh He's achieved, I guess, sort of like a God status now, uh, God level, godlike level of power. And so he's able to he's constantly playing and he's drawing in people from the, the city. And the more he plays, he he can actually transport people from this realm into the other realm um, and people will just suddenly disappear. And so, as this is happening, he's getting more and more powerful. So, so then Tyrone and Tandy you know realize, well, you no, know, this is the big fight. We gotta you know do what we need to do to save the city, and you know save the world because that's pretty much where this this is like a, a apocalypse level event. So <laughs> they go in, and there's a big fight, and so. Andre is playing on the insecurities of of Tandy and Tyrone. Well, Tandy and Tyrone suddenly realize, well, why do we have to fight our own demons when we fight each other's demons? So they switch. And when they do that, then um, they actually start to hurt Andre a bit. And Andre all of a sudden is like, um, he kind of realizes all oh, these guys are starting to figure out my game so then he he changes the game even more so basically uh they are forced to face their own demons now while this is going on we also have um we also see the effects of the, of uh, what's going on in the real world uh because we still have people missing we also have um, the police officer friend, I can't remember her name now, but we find her kind of making peace with the fact that she's now a whole person. She has that mayhem. We So we have mayhem actually, uh, working with her more civil side to try and do what she needs to do to help fight the good fight on her side now we also get and we also see them bringing in people from last season's season finale and them bringing their uh, gifts and their abilities in to fight the fight on this side while Tandy and Tyrone are still facing off against uh, Andre so ultimately you know there there is the inevitable outcome and Tandy, well, the the two of them embrace that they that they're heroes, and you know they need each other. So after this happens and everything is settled, and Tandy is re- reunited with her mom, and Tyrone sees that his mom and his dad have reunited, and everything is okay with them. You see him and Tandy take off together to do this hero thing. In other cities, and so it's it's, so we're so we end up with the uh, a a comic basically the comic version of cloak and dagger, and a lot of questions about what we're going to see next season, like how how does this what does this show look like with them now not with them being so with, with them now being removed from their home. Right. So, so I, I really enjoyed this season. Like, there, there was a lot of stuff that I, that kind of, it, it was a little hard to follow a little bit, but that's only because it was so tied to the, to the voodoo, um, in spiritual realm this time around, right? But it, um, it it, 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 I felt like ultimately that that was a strength for this season. So, so, so yeah. So, if you haven't watched it, and yeah, I know I just spoiled everything for you. Do yourself a favor. Now that all all the episodes are out, go watch it all because something like this is a little, I think that was the difficulty for me was to sit there and watch this week after week. You know, the, a season like this, you definitely need to be able to just binge it right. just because there's so much going on. Now, on to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Episode 4, Cold Yellow. I love this episode. Um, so we uh so we we get to see uh we get to see what happened to Deke. You know, a lot of people ha- you know, and that was one of the big questions like where's Deke? Where's Deke, you know, for the first three episodes? No mention of him at all. Well, now we know. He's uh he started a startup and he's doing very well for himself. And with the startup, he started a startup using um Tech from the feature and tech from uh shield, (laughs) as simple as that. So he's uh, he you see him using all this stuff to be a to help be an innovator, if as it were, right? Um, and uh, and actually, it's it's a pretty deep heavy episode, you know, there that that's that's what this is, to be honest with you. So you know he's you know he, you can you get you see him working on the framework and using the framework as a a, a means of entertainment and uh, there there's some things that happen that you just I, I you just have to watch for yourself and just because Deke really is that what we're doing now that's all I can say. Uh we also have uh we also get a bit of a, more of a focus with Yo-Yo and Keller. Um so Keller decides that he needs to come out uh, to Mac. And Mac is like before before he comes out Mac's like I know what you want to say. And now if you say what you want to say then I'm going to have to go and reevaluate uh, no, what the, the the teams because of uh, shield policy. Now, do you feel compromised uh, based on the, what the current situation is? And he goes, "No." He said, "Well, then, if you don't feel compromised, then we don't need to have this discussion." And so it, it was pretty safe to say it was pretty safe to assume at that point that uh, well, Mac knew knows that Yo Yo and. Keller has this thing going on and Mac is so has been so focused on shield and his role as director that he's been apparently he's, he's been okay with stepping aside so that yo-yo is happy. And um, now while this is going on, there's also a uh, I guess the only way I could describe it is a, uh, an autopsy and there's this uh, parasite that's inside this body and it comes flying out, and it looks like an undead bat. That's the only way I can describe it. Uh, and so, this was a thing that was basically turning humans into weapons. Uh, the thing flies out, and it goes into Keller's mouth. Now, of course, we almost saw something like this coming because Keller tried to come out and come out to uh, come out come out to Mac, and Mac is like, "No, everything's good." And so now we look like Mac and yo are can actually express you no know, explore some happiness, but it's agents of Shield, so we know what that means. Happiness um, cannot be. It cannot be. Like the minute he came out, you knew. So yeah. So Keller ends up getting hit with this thing. It flies into his mouth. So at this point, they take him to Dr. Benson. And Dr. Benson is trying to save, figure out what he can do to save Keller. Now, while uh, while this is going on, we end up realizing in the meantime that Sarge, or uh, as much as Agent May doesn't like it, Uh, Evil Coulson isn't really Evil Coulson. He was actually trying to save the Earth by taking out these people who had these parasites in them. So, long story short, um, Keller ends up... Well, he doesn't survive. And and then uh, Deke uh, ends up attracting Sarge and his minions because... Of the things he's been doing, and and as this is and as, as this is going on, uh, Mac leads a, a strike team to come and rescue Deke, and Deke ends up finding out that his right hand man at the startup is a shield agent, uh, and there's some there, there's a really funny uh, end credit scene that you need to watch. It's, it's hilarious. And it's a, almost a perfect ending for this episode, considering all the stuff that Deke has done all along. And Mac has a moment with Deke where I felt guilty <laughs> watching it because of the way, the way Mac looked at Deke after seeing what he was doing with the uh, – Doing inside of the the construct, uh, it uh, yeah, you have to watch. it. I, that's the only way I can describe it. If I if I explain it even more, anymore, it's going to take away from the humor of the scene and the awkwardness of the scene. Okay, but it's a good. It, it, it's it's a really good episode. Um, it changes some things definitely from the series based on. Uh, you know assumptions that we may have made based on the first couple of episodes. So it's interesting to see what what is going on with Sarge and not Evil Coulson now. I don't know what else to call him. So, uh, so let's talk about Chimichangas um, for uh, for Cloak and Dagger. I will give. Uh, I would give four and a half chimichangas out of five. Holy cow! Wow, you must be hungry. Yeah, yeah, and I would say for for Agents of Shield, I would give it. I'll give it four chimichangas.
2: Okay, that's yeah. uh, that's, that's a lot.
1: It's a lot. That is a I, might have to, I might have to go back and rewatch, uh, rewatch Code Yellow again just because. Okay. Make sure you
0: got everything that you may have, that you may not have missed the first time.
1: Exactly.
2: Okay. Well, how about this? Marvel Studios is going to showcase the upcoming MCU films this August in D twenty three. So the Walt Studio, the Walt Disney Studios, will present a behind the scenes look at its blockbuster collection of upcoming films on Saturday, August. Twenty fourth. Happy birthday to me. <laughs> That's my birthday. oh uh, well, there you go. Fans will see what's on the drawing board for the acclaimed filmmakers at Walt Disney Animation, Pixar Animation, and get a peek at the latest slate of live action product products from Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars. As always, attendees will be treated to exclusive footage, special guest appearances, and more. So, what could there be? Well, back in 2017, we saw the first look of the Black Order for Avengers Infinity War. Uh, Audiences were given their first sneak peek at the trailer. Uh, On the other hand, Marvel Studios' San Diego Comic-Con 2017 presentation gave the first confirmation and look at the scrolls and captain marvel uh the announcement that michelle pfeiffer had been cast as wasp and early footage from black panther and ant-man and wasp Mm -hmm. now san diego comic-con is coming up shortly uh we know dc has nothing at hall h i haven't looked to see what marvel has at hall h yet but here is what's rumored um to be in the in, in phase four now everyone's taking this rumor uh, there's a guy named Roger Wardell who has revealed a lot of information about the MCU according to the independent um, if you've paid attention to his leaks and rumors over the past year or so you'll recognize he that his account has been a fairly trusted source uh, he even accurately leaked specific information about avengers endgame long before the film was released so take this for a grain of salt massive pile pillar of salt Uh, take it as turn around look at look at the city turn into a pillar assault um aspect Uh, so what's to come next black widow which we know has already started filming in norway um the eternals which casting has been bouncing all over the place between right. Angelina Jolie, Richard Madden, uh, Kamal, that genie, all set for major roles. Um, of course, Jolie is supposed to be playing the role of Cersei, while Madden is reportedly portraying Icarus. Uh, other rumors has Keanu Reeves mm-hmm. up for a role. Uh, we have Black Panther 2. Mm -hmm. coming out and there's a good chance it'll be 2021 when that comes out. um we have uh shang chi with the rumored mandarin being the real mandarin being a part of that uh dr strange 2 uh nova as a potential character coming in in the future guardians 3
0: i so want that to be richard rider please yeah oh with
2: nova yeah
0: yeah yeah. I mean, even... Even if it's grumpy old man Richard and you want to introduce Sam Alexander, right. I, I'm with that. I want
2: me some Richard Ryder in this. Right. Uh, other sequels have another Thor, another Ant-Man, another Captain Marvel. Um, and then finally, a new Avengers squad, whether it's based around new Avengers, young Avengers, dark Avengers, or hey, maybe even West Coast Avengers. <laughs> uh, there you go. So I'm going to throw that in there. I want, if we're. Let's throw West Coast Avengers in there as a possibility. So um so yeah, that's what we have there. So um if that covers most of the news, then it's only Here are the picks of the week. Well There okay. you go. There we go. Uh since I've got the MU pick this week, I'm gonna go ahead and start us off. Um, I am going first with Amazing Spider Man number twenty three. Hunted now runs through Amazing Spider-Man number 23. The fallout from Hunted is felt, and much of Peter's life is called into question. What is left of Spider-Man after living through the harrowing hunt? So, that's that. Uh, Eric, why don't you hit us up next with your first pick?
0: My first pick is a number one. It is Marvel Tales Spider-Man number one by Stan Lee, John Romita Sr., and Jen Bartell. Spider Man swings into the stage, or onto the stage rather, as we celebrate the 80th anniversary of the House of Ideas with the era spanning Marvel Tales. This anthology series shines a spotlight on fan-favorite characters, features timeless stories, and highlights some of our most impressive talent from the past eight decades. First, Spidey faces the mind-bending madness of Mysterio in a classic showdown from the boundless imaginations of Stan Lee, John Romita Sr., and Don Heck. The villain's special effects have never been bigger than in Amazing Spider-Man number 66. Then meet jessica drew the startlingly different spider woman in marvel spotlight number 32 to know her is to fear her and finally with the web swinger missing the black cat steals the spotlight can frantic felicia hardy find her spider or will she find adventure surprises are in store in spectacular spider-man number
2: 90 okay kylan your first pick
1: my first pick is silver surfer black number one of five brought to us by donny cates and trad moore Uh, spinning out of guardians of the galaxy number one almost the entire galaxy's defenders have been blown through a black hole including the silver surfer but the story doesn't end there in order to fight back the oblivion Surfer will have to fight to save his own soul and not lose himself to the void. Follow the Sentinel of the Spaceways on a journey that will change him forever. From superstars
2: Donny Cates and Trad Moore. Okay, well, my second pick of the week, which I don't remember picking this last month. Maybe I did. I wouldn't be surprised if I did. Uh, Some beatable Squirrel Girl number 45 uh So War of the Realms tie-in. The historic team-up of Radoskar, the Asgardian Chaos Squirrel God, and Squirrel Girl, the mid Squirrel... Uh, girl has not gone well. Well, that's not technically true. It's gone well for Radiscor, who is now who now has a human identity to play with, but this team-up hasn't technically saved anyone yet, and now is probably never will. Squirrel Girl realizes that Radiscor isn't playing by the rules, and they split up. Well, can one girl save all of North America, and does the Asgardian Chaos Squirrel God have the Makanan mechan- Nations going Machina- on? H- Mocking nations, thank you, uh, going on beneath the surface. Answers to these questions, plus fights, plus friendship, plus frost giants, plus some public domain poetry, all await you. But there's no more alluring a sentence than the one we just typed. We checked. This is it. (laughs) So, uh, what, show title, Asgardian Chaos, Mid-Guardian Squirrel? Sounds good to me. Sure, why not? Awesome. So, uh, Eric, your second
0: pick. My second pick is Age of Conan, Belit, number four of five, by Tinny Howard, Kate Niemczyk, and Sana Takeda. Into the depths of Stygia, Belit's mad quest takes her on a new course, but will the sea monster she's been hunting prove to be a deeper connection to her future? Niyaga returns, but what has he been up to since Belit last encountered him? Plus, the next chapter in the all new Belit novella, Bone Whispers, as Belit learns the truth behind the mysterious King's Treasure.
1: Okay. Uh, Kylan, your second pick. My second pick is Invaders number six, brought to us by Chip Zadarsky. Carlos Magno and Butch Geis. War Ghost Finale. Time has run out. Can Captain America save Namor after what he's done? I okay. think not think paid by the word for that one.
2: Quite possibly. Hopefully they got paid a lot by the word. Seriously. Yeah. Well, my final pick of the week is also the finale of a series. It's Star Wars Vader Dark Visions number five. Nightmare on the Outer Rim a backwater jungle planet teeming with poisonous plants, the search for a device that can track the rebels, a psychedelic nightmare triggered by the local flora with a terror known as Darth Vader. And the cover for this looks phenomenal. That is, that's, that's all I got to say. It looks <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I would almost buy another issue with this just to put in a frame and hang on the wall.
1: I can respect that.
2: Yeah. There you either, go. Either that or just take this image and print it off on nice cardstock and throw it up on in a picture frame, which I, I like those glass-on-glass glass picture frames from, like, Target that makes it look yeah. like mm-hmm. the picture is floating within the frame. Yeah. yeah. That would yeah. be a good one for that. Yep. So, it's, I mean, the image almost looks like a Motorcycle Club Darth Vader.
0: <laughs> Sons so. of Siths, Lords. <laughs> or, or would you call that Sons of the
2: Republic or something? There you go. Sons of the Sith Lords. I think there you go, works best. Yeah, so, that'll work. Eric, your final pick of the week. My final pick of the week is
0: going not too far off subject from yours, Mike. It is Star Wars Legends Epic Collection Rebellion Trade Paperback Volume 3 by Louise Simonson, June Brigman tommy lee edwards rebel heroes and imperial enemies when emperor palpatine sends a spy to a distant planet will princess leia find the enemy within or drown in a river of chaos boba fett takes on an impossible mission and luke skywalker's newest assignment is no easier meanwhile darth vader plans to teach the raptor-like inhabitants of tishar a lesson in the use of force And as Vader closes in on the Rebel fleet, the only thing that can save the Alliance is one model officer – but is Imperial Lieutenant Janik Sunbur on the wrong side of the war? Plus, a trio of classic Star Wars rarities explore Havoc on Hoth and the dark side of Dantooine. Now, this uh, trade paperback collects Star Wars River of Chaos, numbers one through four, Star Wars Empire, numbers 28 through 40, and Star Wars 3D, number one
2: through three. Okay. Kylan, your final pick of the week. My final pick
1: is Champions number six uh, by Jim Zub, Juanan Ramirez, and Aaron Kim Jacinto. War of the Realms tie-in. A global team versus a global threat. The champions must hold the line of, or Earth will fall to the creatures and chaos. Even if they succeed, these young heroes are about to lose one of their own.
2: Okay. Uh I think some great picks this week. Oh, yeah. Definitely some great picks this week. Yep. So, well, since it has come out as a second printing, uh, along with Han Solo's second printing... Um, I went with a an interesting book for the MU pick this week. I went with in honor of the age of the rebellion, Boba Fett single printing, uh, second printing. I went with Star Wars Blood Ties, um, and it's unofficially Blood Ties: A Tale of Jango and Boba Fett, number one. It's first of a four issue miniseries. Uh, the summary, I mean, it's in the MU as part of the Star Wars Legends. Series, But it was originally released by Dark Horse Uh, here begins a multi-generational tale of honor and redemption starring two of the heavy heaviest hitters in the Star Wars galaxy the father and clone team of Django and Boba Fett shortly before the start of the Clone Wars Count Dooku sends Django Fett on a mission that will affect the course of Boba's life some 20 years later. But for now, neither of them knows what the future holds. And besides, they have their schedules filled with dodging monsters and fighting bad guys. It's Django Fett and Bubba Fett together in a series fully painted by Purge artist Chris Scaliff. Um Now, the plot summary. Django Fett takes a job from Dooku to kill a target on the planet Ates... Uh, Ates... At Zeri, sorry, uh, the target has a sensitive information about Count Dooku's operation on Kamino. After the finding, after finding the target, Django finds out the target is a clone trooper who had left the Grand Republic, uh, who had left the Grand Army of the Republic. Mm-hmm. So that would be that. Sounds like a good one. Yeah, it does. So, any final thoughts? Uh, No, I'm good. Yeah, same here. Well, I'll leave you with this. Uh, Over the past few months, it's been clear that Marvel and Hulu are making an aggressive push to bring Marvel, bring a number of Marvel's horror and supernatural-based characters into the MCU, with the announcement that Ghost Rider and Hellstrom are in development. Um, And now another one could be making its way to Hulu. That would be Blade. Sweet, there you go. So, uh, according to a report from MCU Cosmic, Blade is set to make his long-awaited MCU debut on Hulu. Uh, it doesn't specify how the character will be introduced, but it's safe to say it would either be in its own ser- he would be in his own series or a guest appearance on one of the other Marvel platforms. Um, this also comes upon recent rumors of Hulu developing both Glyph and Spirits of Vengeance TV shows, and the fact that Morgan Lefay's going to be appearing in season three of Runaways. Mm-hmm. So that would be that. Mm-hmm. Well, okie dokie. So do we want to see Wesley Snipes back for this? If it happens, or do we want someone I, else? I would like to see someone younger okay. as bead, but I would like to
1: see Snipes in some kind of recurring role. You know what? I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Snipes as Whistler.
2: Okay. What about, Sni- you know? what about Snipes as uh, sort of like what I talked about with Coulson and, and Chris Evans for the Howling Commando show? Snipes coming in either at the beginning or the end of the episode as if he's telling the story of the latest adventure.
1: Good. Mm-hmm. That could work, too.
2: So just a thought. Mm -hmm.
0: That's a thought. It's not necessarily a bad one either.
2: No. No. So um, I'm just taking another quick glance at the at the uh, rumblings online. See if there was anything else. Um, I guess not. There you go. So, well, that's going to bring us to an end of another episode. Mm. Um, Check out our Patreon uh, stuff. I mean, there's some great rewards there for depending on how you donate to the show through Patreon uh, the archives are coming soon to Patreon as well for the first 50 episodes of Mighty Marvel Geeks so be on the lookout for that and that's at patreon.com forward slash we geeks network since the Patreon incorporates all three shows so um if there is nothing else then uh there's only one thing left to do
0: all wrapped up here sir Will there be anything
2: else? Nope. Just time to go dark.
0: Cut off one head. Two more shall take its place. Hail Hydra.